On this episode, we watched We Are Your Friends. We are your friends, Dan. Thanks. Yeah, me too. So uh, sign over all your stuff to us. Oh, okay. I'll just... uh, Like a friend. All right. Mm -hmm. There you go. (laughs) Good fully work. (laughs) Are we done with this part yet? I'm Dan McCoy. Check out that energy on Dan McCoy, everybody. <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. Uh, and you are? <laughs> I am uh, the co-host of this podcast, Stuart Wellington. And keeping it electric and on target, I'm Elliot Kalem. Whoa. Oh, man. <laughs> Dan, I'm DJing. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I and I'm blowing out everybody's He's electric. I'm on target. We're a DJ team. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot primarily handles the music. I handle uh, the dancing. And, and the, the snacks. Time. Yeah, and the snacks, of course. Stuart's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what we call a snack artist or yeah, a yeah. snartist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I got Nutter Butters. I got, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, zingers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> zingers. Snack zingers. Yeah. Well, the zingers are great because they're less expensive than, I don't know, like Hostess brand snacks. <laughs> which one, uh, now which, which one is that? Is that like a Twinkie? An yeah, it's like a, Twinkie? it's an upside down Twinkie with like a layer of, uh, frosting on it. Now, how can you tell whether the Twinkie's upside down or not? Oh, because uh, it's Australian. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty obvious, dude. I'm full of cream, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and you're like, uh, the snack's talking to me. I must have been doing some of those party drugs that we saw in this movie. In this wow. movie. Damn, what do we do on this podcast we, that we watched a movie about? We watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. And then in this case, we watched a movie called We Are Your Friends. And I think in this episode, we're also going to be uh, feeding you a lot of black coffee and walking you up and down the apartment to counteract the sedatives I think you took. <laughs> Am I really that low energy? <laughs> I can't tell whether, whether you're... You just sound a little sleepy. Uh, well, I, I am sleepy. I was out last night and I have at some a minor kind of, cold. At some kind of DJ rave? Yeah, I am. That makes sense. Did you go to, uh, Social, the club that, the, that our heroes hang yeah, out did you, at? Yeah, do you go to a club that is, I'm assuming, fictional because it appears that they work of fiction? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No, I hung out with our mutual friend Liz. Oh, here's my impression of a listener. Bored. I don't know who Liz is, and I don't oh, care. Shoot. Talk oh, about I'm the snoring. movie. Come on, movie monkeys. Talk about the movie. I just knew that Stuart would understand. Oh, I said, hey, yeah, you know who it. wouldn't understand? Everyone who's not Stuart, who's <laughs> listening to this right now, saying, I'm not interested. The thing is, L.A., with... with uh, you know, auditory experiences. You just gotta kind of reach out and find that yeah. one person Here's that you connect thing. with. Here's the one person <laughs> that connects with. It would be you, and I guess Liz. <laughs> we are your friends, you know. And in this case, it's me acting as if you're my friend, and you know what the hell I'm talking about. You're talking to the listener right now. Yeah. Okay, because I am <clears> your friend. Yeah. You're looking at me. Although you're like, kind of, the relationship sounds strange. It at sounds. This point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this was a movie, uh, and I gotta I gotta be upfront about this, dudes. My wife is uh, friends slash I guess acquaintances with the director Max Joseph. You really downgraded the relationship. Name. 
Well, I don't, I don't know how close, like she says friend, but you know, sometimes when you hear like uh, a person who does something yeah. famous, you're like, oh, that's my friend. You're like, really, friend? And Facebook has downgraded what it means to be a friend. I, yeah, I guess so. I yeah. mean, because if, because if, here's what you would usually say. If you've met someone friend, and had a pleasant interaction with them. Suddenly you're a friend. Yeah. But are you friendly enough with them that you would say, thank you for being a friend? Travel mm-hmm. down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. And if you threw a party, and mm-hmm. this is the real test, okay. invited everyone you knew. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Why would everyone, I do that? Invite for this is a hypothetical situation, <laughs> which you have theoretically, just for this. I mean, I know a lot of people. Look, who I Dan, don't... could Einstein really ride a light ray? No. Okay. He couldn't ride a beam of light, but for the thought experiment's sake, he would pretend he could. So for this thought okay. experiment... You've invited everyone you know, even people yeah. you don't like. All the people I know are dancing on the head of a pin. This, yeah, exactly. Uh, and and it's, wait, it's a party where people give you gifts, right? Exactly. So if why you, are you, you inviting say, them to your own party? That seems kind of like you're stacking the like. If you're like, I'm throwing a party and I want people to give me gifts, I'm going. Yeah, to it's called invite. a birthday. Do you invite? I mean, usually birthday parties just happen for me. We <laughs> oh just walk into a room and there's a spontaneous birthday. Yep. Uh, so here's the point I'm getting at. If you threw a party, invited everyone you knew, everyone you knew, you would see the biggest gift would be for me. And the it's bigger because someone else got your pony. Okay, are we talking both? Oh wow! So it's like a diamond the size of. It's enormous. A, if anything, it's too uh, big. Sonata. It's too big to store. It is a white elephant of a gift, but it's also very valuable. If okay. you can find the right buyer, which is hard to do in today's market. I mean, but the card attached. Yeah. Would say the card attached to this huge gift. You might not even see the card for a while because yeah, yeah. the gift is so big. It'd be like seeing one window on an enormous skyscraper, like it just blends in with the background. But eventually, you would see. The gift would be for me. And the card attached would say, thank you for being friend. And it would have a picture of Maxine on the front looking real craggy, <laughs> like real cranky. And she'd be saying something about, I don't know, menopause or something, or like getting older. <laughs> so that's probably from Sophia then, judging by the choice of card. If it was Blanche, <laughs> she would have given one of those, like, like a picture of a bunch of hunks. Yeah, Blanche would have been like a, like... One of those Spencer gifts card where it's a naked man with his yeah. arms behind his head and there's like a balloon in front of his crotch. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like open up for a, a big b- balloon sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's some fun. Like yeah, open up like, for a giant open... sausage and you just and get like a... And there'd be a picture of like a sausage. Yeah, hot dogs yeah. inside. And, uh, and Dorothy, of course... <laughs> You're disappointed. Dorothy, of course, would have just gotten... She might have gotten you the Maxine card, although she would have seen it and said, this hits too close to home and yeah. put it back. She would have gotten you like... Just a card that says to name TBD from Dorothy. Mm-hmm. And Rose doesn't even know what she's doing. She buys you a fucking like Groundhog Day card if they sell yep, those. And you're like, are you literate, Rose? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in St. Olaf's, this is how they do things. But here in Florida, we have standards mm-hmm. for our cards. So, Dan, the point is friendship. Yeah. This movie's all about it. Uh huh. But it's, it's also a real about, entourage. It is kind well, of like we, we crushed some serious time with that opening, guys. <laughs> Good job. So we are your friends. It's kind of like if someone decided I'm going to make the grim, gritty, realistic reboot of Entourage, but it's not like, grim or gritty enough to be like kids. No, not like yeah, not like uh, grim in a sense of like there's big, no terrible fairy tale characters. 
And not Rem in the sense that Christian Bale is there, like, in bodysuit armor, like, going around and... No, yeah, no that's true. He's all, that's also not part of this. <laughs> Wes Bentley, can we trust him? <laughs> Wes uh, Bentley's in this movie. Not Wes Studi, which I keep calling him. <laughs> no, it's Wes if Bentley. That would be great if there were three, like, young white friends and then Wes Studi. This is the fourth guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes sense to me. He's... He's awesome. He's Geronimo. Fucking Deep Rising. No, he's great. He played Magua, bro. He's amazing. <laughs> so, of the range. He's played a terrorist, a Native American war leader. That's yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, I love him. Let's I can start see West why. Studio I can see lead. I can see why you're having trouble with your biography of West Studio that you're working on. I don't think you've done the full research. <laughs> Stuart has uh, a PhD in West. Studies, <laughs> yeah. West Studi studies. He uh, for a time changed his name to West Stewart. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, and then Studi Wellington. <laughs> then Studi Wessington. Yeah, I spent that a lot was his, of time. That was his baby art. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Studi Wellington. <laughs> okay, so We Are Your Friends is about mainly Zac Efron as Cole. Who is a young loser? <laughs> a a lump of coal. <laughs> and he wants to be I a don't. diamond. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's the diamond in the rough <clears throat> in this coal, and boy, is it rough. He lives in his friend's parents' <laughs> pool house uh, in exchange for doing chores around the house. And he, well, you just keep going. You say pool house, and then you start the next sentence with house. I'm really just okay. Sorry, keep going. Sorry, towards around their domicile. Understand <laughs> <laughs> what the problem was? Wow, Stuart is copy editing you as you talk, but in a dumb way. Like, okay, you use you use the single most accurate word for both of these things. Yep. Why don't you do it to something else? Okay, mm-hmm. he That's lives. A- he lives, in, the, he lives in their nautical guest building <laughs> in exchange for doing chores around their bungalow. Okay. Okay. And I don't even know. I don't think it's a bungalow, but it might be. And he's living with his, his buddy who's like a, like a balder, sassier version of him. His buddy is the guy in all these movies who is the crazier, wilder friend to the main Man character. Wilder. <laughs> In another movie, <laughs> okay. he's like the Matthew Lillard to the Freddie Prince Jr. of uh, of this of uh, Zac Efron in this movie. So Zac Efron's Cole. He more, wants like, to, uh, more like the Ben Affleck to uh, Cole's Matt Damon. Yes, exactly. But he's also a hothead. That's the thing. He's not mm-hmm. just a goofy guy. He's the guy who's going to get in fights all the time. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the Ben Affleck to the Matt Damon. All right. Surely. Uh, and also, uh, his friend is goes out with a series of Jennifers. Okay. Just like Ben Affleck. Oh, that's... Okay. Any directs, gone, baby, gone. Oh. Anyway, so, Zach Efron wants wait to be... He didn't direct gone, baby. Oh, wait. Ben yeah, Affleck yeah. did. <laughs> anyway. Look, Man, I am look, on fire. If, if this is right. about West Studi, yeah. I'll go to you. Yeah, you're West Studi. <laughs> if you're talking about anything else, don't worry about it. But, uh, Zach Efron wants to be a DJ. He is, right now, is just barely a club promoter. He has two other friends... Uh, one whose name I can't remember, who is a drug dealer, who wears a hat, and looks mm-hmm. kind of like a low-rent Johnny Depp. And yeah, yeah. the other is named Squirrel, and he's like the nerd of the group. Mm-hmm. And which means something terrible is going to happen to him later when he expresses his need to leave the group in some way. And so they're looking for the way to get rich quick, mainly through the club scene. Uh, they're working as a promoter for this club, Social, mm-hmm. as promoters. They're not, yeah. They don't combine Voltron style into one amazing promoter. 
And the movie is somewhat narrated by Zac Efron explaining how things work in the valley in L.A. and how life is over there. And you've got to stick with your buds. And when it comes to electronic dance music, everything is about controlling the heart rate. And the movie does a lot of what, like, the big short did with, like, cutting to old footage from cartoons, old footage from medical educational shorts, you know, just a lot of text on the screen. I guess Big Short doesn't do a lot of text on the screen. If you like sans serif, it's sans serif text. If you like... No, sans serif. Sans serif. If you like... The Game of Thrones character, sans serif. (laughs) Sans serif. Uh, If you like text that's just very blocky on the screen Mm -hmm. in big letters... If you're Wes Anderson... You're going to like this movie. But Wes Anderson doesn't use it this in your face. Okay, yeah, I mean, well, this is, I mean, a lot of Wes the Wes Anderson like, likes yellow text. Mm-hmm. This was mostly white text. Okay. Because mm-hmm. he, this movie's a racist? I mean, there are almost, there are no speaking parts of color, I think, in yeah. the entire movie. There are background people that are black. But anyway, they, uh, there are foursome, they are inseparable, even though they don't really seem to like each other that much. They just kind of bond over partying and scheming. Yeah, their personalities are broadly sketched out in the opening scenes of them hitting on girls and convincing people to go to social the club on Thursday night. Where Wes Bentley, a hugely famous DJ, is going to be DJing. Mm -hmm. And Wes Bentley is kind of like a uh, an aspirational figure for Zac Efron. Yeah. He's a successful DJ. He's famous. and a big old house with a big old pool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, a... He's got a cool guy haircut and beard. And tell us about his assistant girlfriend, Dan. Uh, she's got big somethings. Okay, well, she's famous. (laughs) What's her name? Her name is Emily Radzikowski. Emily Ratatouille. Emily (laughs) Radical. And we get a a meet-cute. Radikowski? I don't Rod, know. It's, what is it? Radishkowski. Rad, Radid, Radish, Radishkowski. Radishkowski. She's the girl from Gone Girl and Entourage, the movie, mm-hmm. where she plays herself. Mm-hmm. Now, she, they have a meet-cute where, at a club, she is, they have a, they lock eyes, she and Zac Efron lock eyes across the floor, a la West Side Story. Yep. But when she finds out that he's there, because he's a club promoter, she is part of the promotion team. She is not interested. Meanwhile, yeah, Squirrel, Squirrel is getting all his all up in some crazy club-related person. Yeah, I mean, Squirrel has a good night. It's cool. Yeah, he gets essentially raped kiss in the and car by a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Don't kiss and tell about it. Uh, I mean, they made a whole movie about it. Yeah, wait, what? It's called <laughs> We're Your Friends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess you're right. They, The guys decide, you know what, we need to start making some money. So they get jobs working for Daredevils, The Punisher. Mm-hmm. who runs a skeevy uh, real estate company that basically swoops in and buys up foreclosed houses for pennies on the dollar. It takes a long time for these guys to realize they're involved in something shady. Yeah. The fact that the guy, when he hires them, gives them $1,000 in cash and a speech in which he's constantly holding a baseball bat doesn't seem to tip them off that this guy yeah. is not on the level. They've never seen any movie about people cold calling things or any like Boiler Room or Wolf of Wall well, I mean, Street. He, d- he even uses the term cold. Room. He even uses the term cold calling. Yeah. So they must have seen one of those movies. Maybe we misheard it, and he said coal calling because his name is Cole. What are we doing? Cold calling? Like coal will call. Cold call customers. <laughs> like yes, caveman call. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but Cole ends up becoming friends uh, with this DJ played by Wes Bentley, and Wes Bentley starts becoming kind of a mentor figure for him, even though his rowdy friends break up a party at, at Wes Bentley's house where Cole has been hired to DJ and shows to Emily Rajmanowski how mm -hmm. to use his music to get a party started by literally reaching out with his sounds and controlling the heartbeats of the crowd. Yeah, circulatory system is putty in his uh, ample DJ hands. Here's what you, why you <laughs> want to see this movie. Because you like watching footage of people bouncing up and down to electronic dance music. Yeah. There's a lot of that. There's one scene where he's on drugs and he hallucinates that everyone is turning into cartoons. Rotoscoped and animation. What yeah, do those rotoscoped the... cartoons do? They, they bounce cool up or. and down <laughs> to electronic dance music. A reverse cool world. <laughs> I guess that'd be Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And that's like how, how so? It's like a good movie. Oh, okay. As opposed to Cool World. I just would, meant that Holly was coming out of the reverse, Cool World. Yeah, would reverse rotoscope. Well, that is the third act of Cool World. You yeah. replace cartoons oh, yeah, with it. people. Yeah, I think so. With people dressed as the cartoon characters. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Which would be. Pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Disney cartoon, and Mickey. All of Mickey's friends are being replaced by people in very cheap costumes. Yeah, yeah the movie Dick Tracy is super funny. <laughs> <laughs> Comedy of the year, right? <laughs> uh, they. He's attracted to Emily Ratchikowski, even mm -hmm. though she is uh, claimed by West Bentley. Yeah, yeah. But he sees West Bentley always Forbidden hitting none of the girls, and so there's a night. Uh, I'm going to skip way ahead. Uh, Zach Efron keeps saying, you just need one track. You need one track yeah, to make yeah. it big. Yeah. He has a track he's been working on, but it's terrible. It's just your average garbage nonsense. It's like, it sounds like everything else. Yeah, I mean, what, uh, we should probably come out and say this. I know everyone has listened to this podcast, and they're like, those guys probably know everything about EDM. That means electronic dance music. But we don't. We're not super familiar with it, so it all sounds like the same Nintendo music to me. Yeah. No, it's got the bleeps, it's got the bloops, it's got the blopes. <laughs> there's the blobs, and there's yeah. the... Thankfully, the... There's uh, the whoop, 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 Yeah, the movie does the thing where they kind of the explain the difference. The movie does take the time... <laughs> and then the... That's a chase sequence from an 80s, <laughs> 80s cop show when they're out on the, They're using uh, speedboats to follow. <laughs> oh, they're about to hit some air. Landing. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, there's a scene in the movie where they kind of describe the different types of dance music. They all kind of sound the same, though. Yeah. Here's the thing. You hear a lot of different... And I'm going to say right now, just because I don't... This is actually a conversation Stuart and I were having about something else before we watched the movie. Mm -hmm. Just because I don't personally like a form of art doesn't mean I don't appreciate that other people like it and that yeah. it has a place. Just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's automatically terrible and shouldn't exist. That being said... Especially for someone like me who listens to a lot of thrash metal, which to someone else's ear might all sound the same. Yep. All that music sounds the same to me. So, like, throughout the movie, you're hearing different electronic music songs, and they're all basically the same. The structures are almost ide nearly identical, it seems like, and the differences are just kind of like which bleeps and bloops get thrown in. But I think I'm sure which like, bleeps? <laughs> I'm sure I sound like a super old man talking about it, but it's like they do a very poor job in the movie of making me feel the excitement of what, what that music brings to him. And I know they're trying. 
This is a movie that is, on a, in a weird way, extremely uh, sincere. Yeah. Extre- it wants to make you feel. Like, it's not Entourage, which is about letting you inhabit a world for 90 minutes where if you're a white, straight dude, all your dreams will come true because you're super rich and women want to yeah, fall you, with you, their mouths on your dicks. Yeah, you have traveled to Valhalla, enjoy it for 90 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> like, this, they're like... This is, you know what, we're going to bring you inside this guy's world. And the movie I kept thinking of was Breaking Away, where, like, I don't care about bike riding, but I really understood that guy's need for bike riding. But this, I, I like, it just never quite connected to me. But, Dan, you were going to say, I kept it No, I do think that the movie does a pretty good job of whether or not you uh, like the music. I think that it did a good job of showing that his original song wasn't that good that's <laughs> like, true like that was an uninspired version of the type of music he wanted to make i will say the song he plays at the end spoiler he plays the song at the end yeah. is much is much better than the one he plays at the beginning yeah but it still sounds as, essentially like all the other music we've been hearing so he goes on his uh traditional hero's journey but it's on two forking paths mm. one of those forks is him and west duty just making music bro <laughs> west chilling bentley. out uh, west bentley sorry <laughs> west duty who's like always drunk uh, west bentley is this movie takes a hard line you shouldn't drink stance here's one of the things yeah well that's the thing it's one of those movies that is about how you got to find your place in this club scene with this music that makes people just want to fucking dance and lose control but Drinking's bad, drugs are bad, stay in school, everybody. Come on, work hard. Like that's which is a lesson I can totally get behind, but it feels like a, a it feels like a cop out to me when the movie about a guy whose dream is to be a DJ, that the movie's lesson is, hey man, stay clean and stay in school. So we have like, that- let's rap about the real issues you teens are facing. And that we all want to be Hulkamaniacs. <clears throat> Eat your vegetables. So wait, Hulkamaniacs don't do drugs? They well so how do they get so super ripped and stuff? Hulk doesn't want his Hulkamaniacs to do drugs because they'll get as strong as him. Oh, and be able okay. to challenge him for the for the title of Hulk. <laughs> that's a, that's a title. It's is it? It's I thought it was passed down from father to son. Uh, like a title would be. Yeah, but wait. So if they <laughs> challenge him, wait a minute. If they challenge him, you can just become the Hulk. Any crown is up for grabs by the by the laws of force. Okay, so he wants to keep it in his family. <laughs> Exactly. Okay, that makes sense. But let's say Dan decides yeah. to roid up, mm-hmm. becomes a super hulking maniac. Okay, like goes this. to Hulk Hogan's house. Sure. And he, hey, you know what? My pythons are bigger than your pythons. Do you hear what Dan McCoy is cooking? That's <laughs> a different character. That's a different guy, and also hearing is not the scent he used for cooking no, I unless just, it's the I sizzle of a uh, <laughs> I just do that, like waving around. The year, uh, yeah, thing. to get the audience oh, okay. to roar, but there's no audience because you've broken into his house late at night. <laughs> yeah. You are a trespasser at this point, and you just go into his room while he's sleeping, mm-hmm. and you, you're like, I'll put you in a real sleeper hold, and you just shoot him in the head. <laughs> he says, hey, two, brother. <laughs> you didn't even need to roll it up. You're just, and people go like, oh, oh, he discovered the Hulkster's weakness, <laughs> which is that he's immortal, yeah. and you say... Yeah, I'm the Hulk. I'm the Hulk now. So you're all my Hulkamaniacs. Have fun with your family and friends, which is in the Hulkamaniac song. <laughs> and Dan, next thing you know, Gawker's putting your sex tape up online, and you're making big bucks suing them over it. Oh wow! I gotta get on this. I gotta make a sex tape. That's that's what uh, I'm. Hearing. That's like step seventeen of this plan, Dan. First, you gotta start roiding like crazy. <laughs> Yeah, just get on the roid train. I should probably have that sex tape banked, though, when I'm roided up. Uh, I mean, you're going to want it to be you roided up so that people know it's you. And I'm like, who's this scrawny guy who has Dan's head? And now, here's the thing. 
you want to avoid the noise because he ruins steroids. Okay. And pizzas. <laughs> so, uh, Wes Bentley, despite being a success, is a drunk. Yeah, so this on other that fork. The guy who runs the real estate office, despite being a financial That's success, the other fork. is very much a, a slimy guy. Mm-hmm. These are examples of what Zac Efron fears he will become should he make the wrong choices. Meanwhile, he's attracted to, what's her name? Mm-hmm. She There's um, a mutual attraction. At a big uh, electronic music expo, let's call it, concert in what, Las Vegas? Las Vegas. They yeah. meet up, do drugs, and have a wild mm-hmm. night of running around like they're the fucking band yeah, of all outsiders. That, all that tension builds to a climax, and then they totally make out all over Las yeah. Vegas. And then they do they it. They do and, it, but they seem to get less joy out of doing it than they do out of the pancakes and, and cheeseburger they I mean, had that's this morning. not that unrealistic to certain types of doing <laughs> it. That's true. Uh, now, here's the thing. Have you guys ever been on a date that consisted mainly of you running while holding hands with the girl, just smiling and <laughs> laughing your head off? I've had some great dates. Mm-hmm. My wife and I, when we were first dating, and to this day, we continue to have great dates, and our first dates were magical. We never had a date where we were just running down the streets of the city holding each other's hands laughing. Yeah. The only time that there was any like running and possible laughing, although I can't remember, was when I had a date like and we like it started really raining. Okay. So we had to run. Does that count? Sure. I mean, that's yeah. a movie scene. I feel like you have to practice that a little bit because especially if it's a first date, you're not going to have your pace right and yeah. it's just going to be super awkward. You might Somebody might slip. And it's hard to laugh and run at the same time. That's all about breath control. Oh, you got to practice okay. it. Yeah. Dan, I assume your date, you guys were laughing and you ran into a doorway and you kind of like put your collar up on your coat and then moved your coat mm-hmm. around her shoulders mm-hmm. to keep her dry and then you started making out. Cut to, you're eating pancakes in a fancy hotel. <laughs> That's right. Mmm, pancakes. Yeah, so they, uh, <laughs> we get to see two people who never eat pancakes or hamburgers eat those two things. So I got a weird <laughs> thrill out of it. There's a, everyone in this That's movie. That's your sexual thing? Yeah, I mean, uh, it doesn't necessarily, yeah, I guess it is sexual. Seward has a weird fetish about people who are so in shape that they clearly don't eat what they want. Just losing control and, and pigging out. Yeah, exactly. So that scene where, way into it. where Wes Bentley and Zac Efron were eating cake with their hands, you must have I been. was going crazy. Oh, you didn't man. see me? <laughs> I was, didn't you see what I was doing to myself? I was nuts. I'm glad I didn't see. <laughs> uh, so he sleeps with his mentor's girlfriend slash assistant. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be good. And his mentor finds out and gets mad and they have a fight in a strip club bathroom. His mentor's drunk anyway. Yep. Uh, his friends, meanwhile, he's kind of drifting away from a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he has, and he has lunch with his buddies and Squirrel says to him, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for new jobs. Are we ever going to be better than this? Are we ever going to be better than this? Meaning we've reached rock bottom. They really haven't. Things mm-hmm. are pretty fine. And yeah. when West Bentley I mean, reaches rock bottom, really when West Bentley reaches rock bottom, it's because he's drunk and eating a cake with his hands. Mm-hmm. But he's not even on the floor like David Hasselhoff. He's standing yeah. upright like a human, like a homo erectus. Yeah, his hair and beard look amazing. He doesn't even get the cake on his clothes. No, but he is. Maybe he just doesn't want to wash a fork. Yeah, then I mean, how do you guys eat? Eat cake. I get a fork with your plate. fucking bear paws. <laughs> I blend it up in a blender and I just you know I suck it down with a straw. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, but your jaw's been wired shut. Yeah, that's never right. since the accident where I attacked jaws. Richard Keel. <laughs> <laughs> that's the irony of it. You bit Richard Keel, and he was like, "This guy's a maniac. Why are that thing shut?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, well, telling that to the police. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to his dentist. Yeah. 
Because you bit him while he was in the dentist chair. That's how you got the drop on him. <laughs> well, he had all that good Novocaine in him. I wanted to get some of that. <laughs> so like a what, like a drug addicted vampire? Yeah, that's right. I'm sucking it out. Uh, at this point, things are are rough for a hero. He doesn't know where to turn. His bald friend, who is the volatile one, <laughs> Mason. Of the group, yeah, he Mason. He says, "Hey guys, I rented a house for us all to live in." Guess what? You're all gonna, we're all going to live together, and it's got a huge pool. Let's throw a big party! Of course. Amazing party. Huge drugs, party. music, everything's they're, amazing. They're having mm-hmm. sex with girls. Girls are playing chicken in the pool topless. Mm-hmm. A chicken was probably there in real life. That's how crazy it yeah. was. Like a John Waters movie. And they wake up the next morning. They've all fallen asleep on the floor of the living room. Wait, 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 Elliot. So the end of that party, they're all the we're left with just our four heroes, our four favorite dudes. And they're yeah, like chilling by the pool. They're chilling yeah. by the pool. The three musketeers plus D'Artagnan. And these fucking yeah, the four musketeers. SoCal chilled out, laid back homies do a little bit of acapella Santeria by my favorite band Sublime. <laughs> boop bop bop boop bop. And then they fucking go to sleep. And you're like, like oh my god, that's fucking foreshadowing. Your sample of Sublime sounded a lot like the intro to If I Were a Rich Man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a carnival calamity. <laughs> so they, you know, they were, no they're all spread out on a... Uh, now wait, which one is that? Is that, is that the one that's like... I really want to yeah, know. Yeah, that's the one they're okay. singing. Yeah. Now, so, and this is the moment where I didn't, this, I didn't love these characters. I never hated them as much as I hated the characters in, say, that awkward moment. Because these characters were genuinely losers who thought they were living in heaven. But the movie knows that they're losers. Uh, but when that yeah. moment, when they're all sitting at that pool singing Sublime... Yeah, I would not have minded if L.A. was nuked at that moment. <laughs> I don't care what collateral damage is necessary. How many friends that mine would have died? Like, <laughs> you just cut to Linda Hamilton, turn, <laughs> like just turn it into bones. It's only one. <laughs> right outside of playground. This is turning into bones. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bone it's powers. like it's like one step removed from them being like, "We're gonna live forever." Yeah, because of course the next scene features. Four, uh, three of our company of rascals waking up, <laughs> and our fourth one totally dead, like the lead singer from Sublime. Oh yeah, I think that's why they why they did. Yes, it. Yeah. <laughs> of course that's why they did that. <laughs> there, I don't you think it was a clue for those watching. <laughs> yeah. So the movie <laughs> stops at that point, and then someone comes out and like. All right, you have all the clues to put together what will happen. What's going to happen next? <laughs> yeah. Let's run it down. Squirrel was never the strongest member of the group to begin with. That's A. B, he has revealed to Cole his desire for a better life and to leave the group. Big for your britches, eh? Your arms are too short to box with God, Squirrel. Don't fly too close to the sun. C. Sublime. <laughs> what do we remember about the band Sublime? Enough said. <laughs> but Stan Lee is into this. Well, true believers, <laughs> as you may remember from Ish sixty two of We Are Your Friends. So of course they wake up. Squirrel, uh, they're does like, not wake up. They're like, hey, squirrel, what's going on, dude? And hey, of course, squirrel, get up and chase some nuts. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, hey, squirrel, you need it for that next Ice Age promo. So they shake him. Nope, he's like a gray squirrel sickle. Squirrel sickle? <laughs> yeah, because he's cold. I guess. No, he's, uh, yeah. He's you cold. thought it was he's a seussicle. He, he's not cold. <laughs> you know, I thought it was Cole's like the character. Broadway show seussicle. <laughs> 
it's a musical featuring a dead squirrel. The reviews were only slightly better than Susical. Burned. Susical has some okay moments. This show is nuts. Raves Dan McCoy <laughs> of the Flophouse Theater Review. It's you know it's a, yeah it's a musical starring a dead squirrel. It's like that Swiss Army Man movie. It's just Dan talking about a movie yeah. that hasn't been uh, widely released yet. All right, I don't know that. Movie. That's the Daniel Radcliffe farting corpse movie. Uh, <clears throat> Roller coaster. <laughs> peaks and valleys. Speaking of peaks and valleys, Cole's really experienced a lot. Mm-hmm. And he's decided that... This is like a rock bottom moment. Oh, and he also, he's gone on a house call with his boss to a woman who has had her house foreclosed on, has a young son, she's a single mother, mm-hmm. and has watched his boss tell her, here's what, you know what? Maybe he sees a little bit of himself in this young son character. Maybe, yeah. Uh, he said, you know what? Our company is supposed, in theory... Helps you negotiate with the bank. We weren't able to do that. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. You sign the deed of your house over to our company. I'll give you $20,000 for it. She says, this house is worth $300,000. He goes, nah, uh, that number, that's just numbers. It doesn't matter. It's not real. Here's $20,000. You know, I, what is money? Oh, it's just something we agree has value. But really, what has value, huh? It's like, part. here's the thing, man. Am I crazy and everyone else is sane, or am I the one sane man and everyone else is crazy? When you say blue and I say blue, how can we ever know we're seeing the same color? Sounds like an amazing scene. Are we just all (laughs) brains in jars being fed stimuli from the outside? There's no way of knowing. I mean, here's the thing. Just sign right here, please. Thank you. And they walk out, and within earshot of the house, uh, which I assume is sentient, he says, like, this is great. I'm going to sell this house for five or $600,000. And Cole is outraged. Uh, he's not happy about it. So anyway, he's been disillusioned on so many fronts by his artistic hero, by his business hero. And now, fast forward after the party of a lifetime, even partying has let him down by killing one of his friends. Yeah. So there's nothing for him to do but to give up the life, I guess. By which I mean work harder at being a DJ. And yeah. uh, he's out jogging. Because all he has left to him is to uh, is to maintain that sweet, sweet body of his. Yeah, because yeah, uh, yeah. he's jogging so... It's the only time we ever see him exercise, which leads you to assume that he's jogging so hard that it affects his abs and his pecs as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, he's his amazing. upper body. I mean, he... Here's what you it's called peck jogging. <laughs> Pogging, they call it. It's weird because it was invented by the same guy invented pogs, but that's a coincidence. The two are not related, otherwise. Yeah. Zac Efron, not... I don't think he's an amazing actor. He's not oh, okay. terrible. But he is has maybe the the most perfect body that a man has ever had in, mm-hmm. some, in many ways. He's not so ripped that he looks like a monster. Like no. a Hulk Hogan. Like a Hulk Hogan or a Dan McCoy of the future. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yet he's but he's like just very well designed, you know. He's like a, yeah. He's, yeah, he's designed for living. Is, yeah. Yeah, he's built for speed. So I'll give him that. You know what, Zach Afron, I'll give you this. You're very handsome. Yeah, yeah, and you take good care of yourself. So take that compliment, put it in the compliment bank. Okay, uh, it's probably already overflowing because it's yeah. pretty great, I guess. <laughs> Whenever you're feeling out bad, take it out and take a look at it. You know, Zach, if you're ever yeah, take feeling, it for a spin. If you're ever rolling around in money with uh, having sex with the gender of your choice, I don't care yeah. which it is. Yeah, just and you're feeling a little low down, just play that, play that compliment. Yeah, and maybe you know what? Take some of that money, buy an H or a K to finish your name. 
Because right now you're spelling it Z-A-C. That's not a full name. <laughs> I mean, Zach is short for Zachary. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just the name Zach. Maybe. But right now your name is just... It's one letter short, at least. When he, when he joined the, when he maybe that's the why he's guild. got such a great uh, body. He feels insecure about his lacking name. His name is too short. <laughs> maybe. So yeah. he built up a body to compensate. Could be it. That's why <laughs> Zach Galligan doesn't have to be ripped all the time, because no. he has the comfort of knowing that he is a full man's <laughs> name. That's right. <laughs> and, I mean, but he is in great shape because he's always chasing Gizmo all over the place. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the workout he fucking markets after Gremlins 2. <laughs> Get a Mogwai, let it loose, or run after that. Thing. <laughs> Get a feed it after midnight. Yeah, fuck it, who cares? Some people are going to say, don't do that. But if you want... If you want awesome pecs. If you want if you want this body, feed it after midnight, get that shit wet. <laughs> if you want to multiply like crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want if you want to spend time with my friend Austin Pex, <laughs> it's my workout buddy. It's the Zach Austin Pecs. <laughs> yeah. If you want to land yourself a real babe like Phoebe Cates, mm-hmm. hear all her stories about how every holiday has bad memories attached to it, mm-hmm. you're gonna need to look good. And looking good means feeling bad because you've unleashed gremlins on your town. But that's just the trade-off. That's just the trade-off. Let's talk to one satisfied customer. My name's Daniel Clamp, and I'm a millionaire played by John Glover. (laughs) You know what? You build a place for things, things come. And then you can chase those things to get ripped. Thanks, Zach. (laughs) Thank you, Daniel played by John. (laughs) That's a very Uh, meta commercial. (laughs) So... My uh, levels... Uh, let's just fast forward to that. He makes up with Les Bentley. Les Bentley goes, hey, I asked you to open for me at Summerfest, which, is that a real thing, Dan? Uh, You're pretty tapped into the EDM world. Yeah. I don't, there's gotta be something called Summerfest, because it's the most bland name in the world. Uh, he goes, you can still it open. It might as well be called uh, Music Fest. Yeah, when's, uh, when's Summerfest again? Uh, it's uh, probably winter. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's, well, it was, it's hosted by Mark Summers. That's why it's called Summerfest. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I, he's jogging. It's the jogging. He's jogging. His and uh, earlier, Wes Bentley had sent to him. You're just using the same electronic sounds everybody else is using. You got to use real sounds, real music. Yeah, yeah. Stop doing they, this Game Boy stuff. And they record a track together as kind of a teaching by doing thing that involves uh, Emily Rushmanowski, uh saying some lines into a microphone that include the line I think "Synchronicity is electricity," mm-hmm. which is hilarious. Awesome. Uh, He's Zach Efron's jogging, and his phone dies. Suddenly, he can't listen to his tunes while he's jogging. Oh, man, I guess I'll just push through this wall and just jog without my headphones. And suddenly, his ears are open to the world around him. And this is a moment where, uh, I'm going to talk about the theater in a second, mm-hmm. but he hears a wind chime, he hears the buzz of electric wires, all that stuff, and it inspires him to make a song out of it, and, which is a real artistic awakening. And I want to make fun of this scene more because it's cheesy. Yeah. At the same time, it rings true to me as an artistic statement that, like, if you want to be an artist, you have to engage with the world and not just with other works of art. And it reminds me of a much better version of the idea of noticing the world around you. There was a production of Our Town in New York a few mm-hmm. years ago that David Cromer directed, where, you know, if you guys remember. Turn my phone <laughs> here for a little bit. If, you guys, some, if you guys are familiar uh, with Our Town, there's no Twitter? sets and no costumes. Mm-hmm. At the end of the play, one of the characters comes back from the afterlife to experience life. And the whole point is that there are all these things in life you don't notice until it's too late and you're dead. But while you're alive, you're too caught up in the moment you don't notice it. 
And so to represent that, for the first time in the whole play, there's a real set, there's real costumes, and one of the characters is actually cooking bacon on set, and you smell it. Hmm. And it was like this amazing thing. Like Suddenly the audience is noticing things they didn't notice because it didn't exist before. This is like that, and I want to... It's, oh, well, we're back to talking about yeah, that. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's not a great representation of that, but I, but like the meaning of it got to me enough that I was like, okay, I see what you're doing here, movie. So this is one of the... I mean, I think this is one of the many components of the movie that is... I mean, you mentioned before that it's kind of it feels kind of honest and earnest. Yeah. But it's like Ernest goes to a rape. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll take these drugs, Vern. I'm going I just want to touch everything, Vern. Know <laughs> what I mean? Let me just add Ernest to the list of words I'm not allowed to say on this podcast. <laughs> it's a long list. Uh, but it, uh, it's an earnest, it's a sincere movie. For all yes. of its flash. It's and and for the fact that it is and. super by the numbers and it is and the fact that it has, like, the most cliched, like, pair of heroes journeys where he's both like, oh, I'm learning a little bit about a DJ, so I have that very obvious telegraph story. And he's like, but also, man, the housing crash, let's talk about that a little bit. And also, there's this girl, uh-oh, she's got her issues too, but we really hit it off, you know, we, and we connect. So it's, so all, like, there, uh, and but uh, I mean, despite that, there are things that are worthwhile, like... I think some of the directorial choices are kind of interesting. I don't mean to be jumping into final judgments here, but the we didn't uh, even finish the movie. Zac Efron plays a song at Summerfest, and the audience loves it. Uh huh. It's and he used samples his friend Squirrel saying, "Are we ever going to be better than this?" And he yells, "Are we ever going to be better than this?" And the audience is like, "Yeah!" And he's turned this plea, a pathetic plea for out of despair for hope, into a statement of this is the best it's ever going to get. Let's celebrate, you know. Yeah, they didn't even get it. Like they didn't they even didn't realize understand. the double well, meaning. He's used art to transmute pain into joy. Yeah, the the last time I saw a movie that did that so movie joy. Oh boy. Oh boy, yeah, it's a real mess, huh? <laughs> the last time I saw a movie do that with a song was probably the end of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, <laughs> where they come back from the future, play Kisses, God gave her I could roll to you. Sure. Yeah. Like, oh, that's the emotional uh, climax that I was expecting. <laughs> Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Thank you. But you were saying, so you're saying it's more sincere. Let's final judgments it. Final judgments, do 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 do. So, good, bad movie, bad, and there's bad movie, some like, like for a movie about like four kind of douchey bros hanging out who are not interested. They're not. They're less douchey than say the Entourage guys. I don't mean to like. I guess that's damning with faint praise. <laughs> but less douchey than Entourage. Rave Stuart Ellington <laughs> of the Backhanded Gazette. <laughs> yeah. No, but I agree. They, like these are guys that, by all rights, I should have hated from moment one, and I really only hate them when they're seeing Sublime, and that's because I don't like Sublime. Mm-hmm. They're they like. There's a. They're not. It's by the numbers, and the characters are like. This is the hero, here's the hothead, here's the cool guy, here's the nerd. But there's a greater sense of groundedness to them. Like, here's Wes Studi, immediately he's drunk, so you know that guy, that's going to be that guy's, like, heroic flaw. Yeah. He's a brilliant DJ, but he's a drinker. Mm -hmm. And at one point he's like, you're young, you don't know what I'm carrying around. Never hinted at? I don't know if that's a good choice or not. It lets me fill it in. I assumed Wes Bentley was a veteran. (laughs) <laughs> but probably he's just like some asshole. I don't know. You know, I like the. They want to leave stuff open for the uh, the sequel. But and there is something like I'm I'm torn in that I should hate these characters, but I don't. 
I shouldn't like how like flashing in your face the movie is, but it even though it never quite works. At like, least that I'm, makes it move fast. Yeah, and I and I I'm glad that the director was trying for something, and at the and also, it feels weird that a movie about young people and the importance of partying would end being like, hey, stay sober and study. Like, but that's like I don't know why I'm mad at that since that's a message I would much rather the movie be presenting. You know. I guess they did a similar thing in Train Spotting, but they did it better, so it doesn't feel like a cop out or a or a sellout at the end. You mean like the idea of like uh, you know, don't pursue immediate pleasure, look for like you know, work toward long term goals? Is that yeah, what you're basically, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, obviously, yeah, Train Spotting is a better movie. I mean, Train Spotting is a much better movie than this. <laughs> That's the other thing. I also Train Spotting like got me to understand why you would do heroin and also why it's a bad idea to do heroin. This movie still never got across to me why electronic dance music is worth well, listening it's, to. Well, it's funny that there's even a scene where Wes Studi's talking to him and he's explaining <laughs> Someone how... Someone missed our explanation that it's Wes Bentley and they're like, it's weird that they cast Wes Studi in this role. Not that Wes Bentley is that much and, more natural for it. And but. he's explaining to Zac Efron how Zac Efron's like, track that he's working on is just a collection of him imitating other artists. And... That's what this movie kind of feels like is a collection of imitations of other directors. Yeah, that's a good using point. Using traditional, using like a traditional story structure, so it it felt weirdly off the nose. Yeah, that's a good actually. Uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's someone who's who's absorbed a lot of Aronofsky and like a little bit of Richard Linklater and so forth. These final judgments aren't very judgy. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, 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 I don't know. If False Encounters is not a good bad movie. It's not bad bad, but I didn't like it. I guess you know what? I don't like it, but that's the category would fall in more in that I. I don't, damn it! I don't like you, but I respect you. Yeah. It's not I, a good movie, but I don't hate you. I kind of like this movie. I just mm-hmm. barely did, but I did, and that's why I feel like. I've had a shitty podcast tonight because I don't have a lot to say to make fun of it because, like... I mean, let's not forget also that you got a cold and you're tired and no one <clears> likes you. Uh, wait, what? Uh, forget I said that last part. Um, but don't really. Uh, yeah, I think the cold has more to do with it. But, but yeah, I enjoyed this movie a, a surprising amount. Uh, even though, you know, I don't typically like a movie about four douchebags in L.A. trying to make their way as DJs. I think if the movie knows such. these guys are douchebags, it makes all the difference. Yeah. Entourage thinks those guys are the greatest, most fun guys in the world. Mm-hmm. This movie knows that these are a bunch of low-rent douchebags who need to get their shit together. And, like, I'd rather... if One of the things I don't like about movies... I said at the beginning of it, like... Say it, like, right off the bat, I like these guys more than the heroes in, like knocked up or something because they're already trying for they're something. They're at least hustling, yeah. Yeah, they have goals even if they're dumb goals and they're like a bunch of morons. It's like <laughs> they're at least they're tr- they're actively trying to do a thing and they're yeah, hustling for success as opposed to like hey man, we love even their parties are more ambitious than like the parties I see in other movies. Yeah, and the I mean there was there was nudity and like in general, nobody <laughs> wore that, nobody wore that many clothes. That's true. So. If you're a woman in this movie, you're not wearing a lot of clothes. Or if you're a man. dude, there's not that many clothes. That's true. There's yeah. a point where uh, the main female lead, whose last name I keep mangling, yep. she's wearing Emily a Roger Rabinowski. a loose low cut shirt, and she's dancing and in slow mo. And there's just a close up of her boobs while she's dancing in slow mo. I think it's supposed to be that you're looking at her heart. 
Yeah. It was like, this is an entrapment movie. <laughs> I know that's where I was looking before, but come on, let's, this is not fair. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the funny games moment of the movie. Like, <laughs> Does this entertain you, Elliot? <laughs> uh, I got sucker punched. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I, I guess, guess, I mean, I guess it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to say it's a bad, bad movie. It's not a great movie, but I don't hate it. I, I'm going to say, like, this movie wasn't really for me, but I appreciated some things about it. So, I, going into it, I thought, I think my, my expectations were so low mm-hmm. going into it. Well, it's, and it's also a movie that did so poorly in the box office that, like, there is that initial desire to be like, let's take, you know, let's giant craps on this movie from orbit. Yeah. But it's not like a hidden gem that I think needs to oh, be certainly not. uncovered. It's just like, it is what it is, you know. It is what it is, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Brent. Travis. Welcome to Trends Like These. What's Trends Like These, you ask? Well, it's a podcast where we take the, the news trending on the internet and we cover it in podcast form. We go beyond the headlines, beyond the memes to bring you the real story so that when your friends bring it up, you can look real smart. We take things that need to be debunked and we debunk them. And then we take things that need to be rebunked and we rebunk them. We bring you all the details and we give you a spin on it. Our opinions, our thoughts, and we also try to dig up some positive things to talk about so it's not all bummers. Just a couple of real life friends talking internet trends. So join us every Thursday on MaximumFun.org and wherever podcasts are found. But now, before your very eyes, uh-huh. we're going to do a transformation from a regular show into a commercial. It's oh, not wow. the most exciting magic trick, but... <laughs> Fucking seamless segue from mm-hmm. seamless segue, Dan. Uh, no, the Flophouse has a couple of sponsors tonight. First off, the Flophouse is supported in part by Squarespace. Yeah! yeah. The simplest way to create a compelling website. From the strange to the downright bizarre, great stories define us. You should tell yours. With simple tools and templates, Squarespace helps you to capture your story with a captivating website. If you want to start your free trial today, just visit squarespace.com slash flop. You should Squarespace. Now, Dan, I've got a question for you about this Squarespace. You usually do. <laughs> it's, now, I understand that it can help me set up a website. I don't need to know how to code, right? No. And there's technical support. He still has 24-hour technical support. <laughs> and there's and I get a free trial if I use the code, the password flop? Uh, I think anyone gets a free trial, but... Uh, well, what was the thing you just read then? I didn't say anything. I said you keep adding stuff to the thing that I don't <laughs> no, know I is a, necessarily I, true. Can I get a pony? I mean, you just, just read. What about to, I read? Design. Oh, yeah, I did read that. Start your free trial today. <laughs> Listen to the words coming out of your mouth. So, free trial today. Here's so, the- you've had, I mean, I think our listeners probably know that you've had a string of very successful website ideas. Web ventures. And as a result, I'm a billionaire. Mm-hmm. You'd think I'd learn how to code. But no Squarespace is so good, I don't need to know, and I'm still making a billion dollars. So I got a new idea for a website. I'm hoping Squarespace can help me with it. Okay, I mean, I think everybody's probably pausing podcasts, pulling out a notepad so they can write this information down. Don't steal my idea. Come okay, on, they, guys. They haven't unpaused it yet. Come on, now guys. Okay, it's okay, don't steal it, guys. <laughs> okay, now it's called 
Pandaparty.com. Okay. <laughs> now, you guys like parties, right? And sure. We all, we all like to party. Yeah, I mean, the movie we just watched is all about parties. All about I love parties. That. Now, who wouldn't want... And you, you like pandas, right? Yeah. They're adorable. The animal? They only eat bamboo, so you know they're picky. So they're they the like lovable jokesters of the great. bear kingdom. Uh, I would say that's not true. <laughs> but still, okay, we can go with that. Uh, they're very rare. They're very beautiful. They only eat bamboo, so you know they've got good taste. And they are very hard to mate with. <laughs> Take it from a guy who knows. Anyway, so who wouldn't want a panda, a real-life panda, at your party? So what pandaparty.com does is okay. you can order a panda to show up at your party. This is the animal again. The animal panda or a man in a panda suit. Okay. Or a different bear of equal or lesser value. That's a lot of options. <laughs> yep. It's not just pandas at pandaparty.com. Now here's yeah. the thing. They go to your party. You gotta provide food for them. <laughs> okay. You gotta give them a place to go you to the bathroom. You gotta lay in some extra bamboo. You got oh, make sure you got bamboo. Because extra bamboo. I'm saying extra bamboo because I'm already feeding my guests bamboo. <laughs> are other pandas at the party? <laughs> no, these are humans. Okay. Uh, here's the other thing. These these pandas were other bears. Very emotionally unstable. <laughs> which is gonna give your party the element of mystery yeah, danger, and risk. Yeah. It's got a sort of a free song. Let me tell you this. You, you're going to know that Squirrel's dead the next day because he's going to have fucking panda claw marks all over his body. Oh, wow. <laughs> and maybe one half's on that side of the room, the other half's on the other side of the but room. But he's, you know, he's going to have a smile on his face. Oh, he's going to have loved it. It's the way he wants to go. Now, here's all I need. I need, a, I need a place I can set up this website where I don't need to know how to code. I can get a free trial. Uh-huh. And they can, can it scale between, like, say, an iPad and a laptop? Oh, you Probably know it, not. dude. Or like a mobile phone? Because let's say, here's the thing. You're <laughs> That's on... Dan McCoy's classic catchphrase. <laughs> you know it, dude. <laughs> From Full House. <laughs> the the, <laughs> the uh, Central American bootleg Full House. <laughs> you know it, dude. It's set in San Jose. <laughs> so, let's say you're going... Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Cammy, have... Cammy Gobbler. <laughs> have pity. <laughs> How impolite of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go to my work at the daytime morning show. <laughs> yep. Get out of bed, San Fernando, mm-hmm. instead of wake up San Francisco. Oh, okay. And now, the Beach Bugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bizarre version of the Beach Bugs. You nailed it. It's a flea circus. So, okay, the important thing is maybe you go to a party and you're like, the guy who's running this party is going to love it if I send a panda. I want you to be able to order it from your phone, yeah, like course. an Uber car. The car shows up with a panda in it. So, pandaparty.com. Or if you show up to a party and it's fucking Deadsville, and you're like, I need to inject a I need a, a panda. pee into this pee. <laughs> this pee doesn't have enough pee, if you know what I mean. Yeah, sometimes I, I, uh, I shut down words a little too. Uh, <laughs> I truncate words too quickly, and it just leads to confusion. But I'm glad that you picked up on what I was driving. Oh, yeah. so, and then you say, this party needs a panda or bear of equal or lesser value. <laughs> Almost always lesser. Panda is the priceless bear. Uh, so Squarespace, Squarespace will be able to help me with this. Yeah, that's Squarespace right. has all those amazing functions. I can get this site up. I don't need to worry about the site working. I just need to worry about how I'm going to get this bear. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing that you guys haven't really figured out in this uh, whole adventure. Here's the plan. One, I set up the site with Squarespace. Yep. It's easy. I got a free yeah. trial. Two, get a bunch of bears. Three, have people order those bears for their parties. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's only three steps, unlike Dan's, what, 20-step process of, <laughs> to becoming you know, the process Hulk? of becoming Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Okay, so, so why don't we just, that. if we just build it beautiful, we, we can wrap this <laughs> thing up. It's not their slogan anymore. Uh, 
Uh, you should Squarespace. I know I will. So uh, we're also sponsored this week by Mac Weldon. Uh, that sounds like a detective. The Flophouse mm-hmm. is supported in part by Mac Weldon. Now, Mac Weldon is a, uh, a lovely clothing store. A clothier. Yeah. Their uh, products are designed to be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants you will ever wear. All of their products are naturally mi- antimicrobial, which means that they eliminate odor. Yeah, so if you want the man in your life, to, uh, which could include you, the listener, uh, <laughs> you to might be, be the less man stinky. You were worse yeah. else's life. Yep, not so much of that stank. Yeah, 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 we don't want any, uh, the only stanky thing we want are the riffs on this Def Leppard song you're listening to. Guys, yeah. guys, you, I know you're probably interested in this, we didn't have our usual underpants check before the podcast, where we checked to make sure what everybody's underpants were. I'm wearing Mack Weldon underwear right now. What? It's very comfortable, and today was hot in the city. And you're a very confident gentleman, and I think that that's all coming from right down in those pants. I mean, the fact that I, a very sweaty person, am comfortable and scent-free. It's because you're covered in a fine layer of Wolverine-style hair. <laughs> uh, we don't need to get into that, as true as it is. And fine is not quite the right word for it. Coarse, of course, and, coarse like and burly. Like a brush. Like a, like a, like a thick th- thorn huckleberry bush. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but since I'm wearing my Mac Weldon's... I don't have anything to worry about. They're super comfortable. And uh, now, speaking of confidence, uh, Mac Weldon is very confident that uh, because they want you to be comfortable, so if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it, and they will refund you, no question. That's asked. right. Keep the underwear you don't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Send it to <laughs> me. I'll wear it. Energy, I guess. <laughs> it is very good underwear, though. You're going to like it. Uh, you can go to Mac. And the Weldon. undershirts also are very good. Yeah. You can go to MacWeldon.com, MacWeldon.com, MacWeldon.com to get 20% off using the promo code FLOP. So if you're ever looking at a uh, section in a website like MacWeldon or Squarespace, who are both great, Mm -hmm. and you're thinking, I want to see if I can get a deal, just punch in FLOP. Just try it. Yeah. Give it a good I know it works with MacWeldon and Squarespace. Yeah. Now, here's the one thing I don't like about Mac Weldon, the one minor flaw. Uh-huh. Printed on the waistband of the underpants, it okay. says, for daily wear or for daily use, mm-hmm. I know how often I should wear underwear. <laughs> okay, so you think it's patronizing. I, I don't need you to tell me that, Mac Weldon. But otherwise, wonderful product. So when you put it on, just close your eyes so you don't see that patronizing slogan, otherwise, and you'll just enjoy it all day. Yeah, and so you don't scare yourself by looking at your own wiener. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a scary thing? Sometimes. <laughs> Like, what's this alien doing down here? What's it up to? <laughs> what's it up to? <laughs> like, it's plotting something? Yeah. Hey, you know, things got a mind of its own. That's actually a fallacy. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, <laughs> fuck off with that shit. <laughs> Get it? Yeah, I do. <laughs> do we have any other messages or, or yeah, that's, things? Sponsors? That's, that's all we that's, have for sponsors this week. Well, those are good two solid sponsors. I like them both. So what's the next part of this podcast, I'm not Dan? wearing Squarespace on my butt right now, but if I was, it would be really good. The next but part... Mac Weldon is very good, and that's what I'm doing with it. The next part is letters, although I moved a bunch of letters into... Oh, here they are. So you want some vamp for a minute? <laughs> I couldn't find them for a second. <laughs> I have them on my phone, and I couldn't find them. You don't them. have to beat me, Michael. You just have to keep up. <laughs> um, yes. 
So this first letter is from David, last name withheld. Is it my, David? Is it my brother? It's not your brother. Or is it okay. David from The Lost Boys, the character I was just doing? <laughs> it could be. Uh, he writes, In the years I've listened to the podcast, I always incorrectly presumed the wretched film that Dan and Elliot deemed as the archetype of a bad film was I Love Trouble with Nick Nolte and Julia Roberts. I mean, Trouble was in the title, it was a bad 90s film, and it starred marquee act- actors of the era. I had no idea that Nothing But Trouble was the film they are talking about. Though curiously, I'd seen this film, and it has literally permeated my nightmares for decades. Uh, to this day, I will occasionally have nightmares where this film's house is the setting. I watched this film when I was t- 11 or 12, and extremely sick, high fever, puking, etc. For years after... Probably actually the most pleasant way to watch the movie, because you yeah. have constant distractions from the movie. Mm-hmm. For the years after, the house of this film, the junkyard, the creepy tenants, yes, including the twins, the basement below the courthouse, the bone stripper, have all shown up in various nightmares I've had. Until the 200th podcast, I had assumed it was merely an amalgamation of my worst fears. Death traps, monstrous small-town humanoids, dank crawl spaces, and it has been central to a small portion of my scarier, darker dreams. I've actually had waking, rational thoughts to determine whether this is a film or TV show I saw but forgot, because the foundation of it was massive enough to uh, support the creation of a whole sinister dreamscape, each time I'd come to the conclusion that I would have some real-world artifacts reference if something like this existed. I've never seen anything online or in the real world to prove that this is a real piece of media in the 25-plus years since this film's release on VHS. I find that very hard to believe. <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah. know about that. You don't go to, uh, like, a Spencer's Gifts and see the posters and the... Greeting cards I mean, and we live t-shirts. In a, we live in a universe now where all you have to do is type in the title of a thing into your magic information finding box, mm-hmm. and it'll it connect you to it. Yeah, but he say uh, he. Although to be fair, there's a kids book I remember from when I was a kid that was in the library called Mutants. It was really scary looking, and I've yet to find it anywhere. Uh, so before we cut off that letter, what else does it say? Uh, there's not much else. I. <laughs> Wow, I apologize. I didn't mean to shut that letter down. No, no, I I wanted to read that letter because it was representative of a larger type of letter, a larger group of letters we got, which was a whole slew of people saying that they had thought that this this movie was a fever dream that they had, had yeah. and they didn't believe that. That was a fever dream that they had. <laughs> yeah, we help people uh, exercise those demons, I hope. That's right. Yeah. It's funny that you remember the name of the creepy book you saw. Like I remember as a kid, I, I remember going into my parents' bedroom <laughs> where they were watching uh, The Shining, and it was just the scene with the, the two twin girls that, you know, come play with us. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what that was for years, but I was fucking terrified of it. Uh, and then I obviously saw The Shining at some point. And uh, I was like, what a terrible adaptation of the book. Stephen <laughs> King was right. <laughs> His miniseries is so much better. Yep. This is about the moon landing. Uh, uh. <laughs> or Native Americans. <laughs> uh, that's similar. There's a Julie Taymor movie called Fool's Fire. Okay. That I had a similar experience with where I stumbled upon it on PBS. And it was so weird that I like couldn't. I was like, I can't watch this whole thing. And for a long time, I couldn't find what it was. Uh, and now I know it was basically an adaptation of Hop Frog. Yeah. But uh, but I, and I didn't know who Julie Taymor was. Lion King had yet to hit Broadway. Yeah. She had yet to. Nobody knew. She had yet to uh, revitalize the Lion King and destroy Spider Man. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I 
remember watching that as a kid too, and I had no idea that it was a Julie Taymor thing until you, I think, told me later. Like I had always sort of conflated in my mind with the the Jim Henson Storyteller series. It looks very much like it looks like a crazier version of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess we're recommending Hot Frog, the <laughs> I mean, adaptation of the same. The two solid adaptations in Fool's Fire and The Mask of the Red Death, the yeah. Roger Corman version. So uh, That doesn't count as my recommendation for today. <coughs> I have another one. Yeah, it's okay. Um, this next letter is from Benjamin, last name withheld, who what? writes... <laughs> I love my major Franklin's. Flop people. I'm a film archivist, and during a summer cool. and during a summer job that had me cataloging over 735 millimeter trailers, I came across one for 40 days and 40 nights. Wait, mm. a 735 millimeter trailer? That's enormous. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Stuart will be very disappointed to know that yes, this trailer is now being preserved in a temperature and humidity controlled <laughs> vault. Burn that at oh University Name Withheld. This got me thinking, what indefensively bad movies would you like to see preserved for future generations? Benjamin, last name withheld. I mean, I like to see all movies preserved, because you never know what's going to be rediscovered or have a new context in the future. Uh, I'd rather err on the side of preserving all the junk than risk losing any of the good stuff. I guess that's fair. Ever, you know, because but... today's tr- tr- trash is tomorrow's treasure. <laughs> is the name of my antique store. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real mouthful of a name. It's not a successful store. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I still don't think 40 Days and 40 Nights should be preserved because it's garbage. It should be scoured from the earth. <laughs> and, and then the earth salted. Really, the whole earth? Yes. Mm. It's delicious. Salty earth. <laughs> It's like living on a big pretzel. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, that saddens me greatly. I'm assuming the uh, trailer doesn't feature the weird uh, rape scene at the end of the movie. Probably not. Uh, but or I'm, when, when she I'm comes sure it when features, he blows rose petals on her. Oh, yeah, that, that scene. Or <laughs> I'm sure it focuses on the comedy stylings of Shannon Sossamon and Paolo Castanzo. <laughs> so, Dan, um, what bad movie would you like preserved? Uh, let's say Hard Ticket to Hawaii. I thought it would be a Sedaris film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be great. I was going like, to say one of the Andy Sedaris movies, right? He's a true auteur. He has things that he likes. He likes big guns, and he likes big bazooms on <laughs> former <laughs> Playboy I, I saw for a moment, Dan, it was about to say boobs, and was looking for, I guess, what, a classier word? <laughs> and I could see I was it looking running. for something that would upset people to hear more. I could see them, almost like the Wheel of Fortune, this wheel is head going with different words for boobs on it, and then it reached bazooms. I mean, they're all horrible. There's no, like, good word for boobs other uh, than breasts. breasts. Dan, breasts. Breasts, that's what I'm saying. Other than breasts. And... Yeah, flapjacks is... <laughs> no, stop no. right there. Let's <laughs> not go down this road. Stop it. <laughs> We're not going there. If I could shake a, a bottle full of change like you're a dog barking <laughs> and I'm trying to get to stop, I would do that right now. Squirt you with a water bottle like a cat on a couch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say Burdamic. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. If only so I can watch it in the future and relive the night I attended its New York premiere. Um, and what celebrities did you see at that premiere? The stars of Burdamic. <laughs> and no one else. And uh, the the and male star was. I somehow saw Ethan Hawke on stage. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, I, uh, so many times. I don't know how I did it. Uh, the male star was so stoked, and the female star realized why everyone was there and 
she said, and they all said something before the movie, and she said, just enjoy it for what it is, okay? And it made mm-hmm. me sad for a moment. Like, <laughs> oh, one of the people here understands that we're here to make fun of it. Yeah. Uh, Stuart, you were going to say? Uh, I don't know. It's tough. Uh, maybe something like uh, like Ricky O's Story of Ricky, which sure. is clearly a goofy movie. No, no. A goofy movie (laughs) is about Goofy connecting with his son. It does not involve someone being strangled by their own intestines. Uh, wait a minute. If you, if your nephews are like, can we rent a Goofy movie? The one I rented. Yeah, of course, Riccio. I opened up the Riccio box, and it was a movie full of the character Goofy doing stuff with, I guess, his family. I don't didn't pay that close attention. He's a single dad with a son. But yeah, I think you may have gotten uh, the videos swapped. Yeah. Um. Video swap. So there's a Radar. there's a letter here from uh, from Daniel last name with hell that's too lo- too yeah. long to go through entirely. Okay, but he may- read us some excerpts. Or? Well, he makes a good case for uh, the fact that Valkenvania is actually in Pennsylvania and not New Jersey. Okay, I don't know why they drove through Pennsylvania to get from New York City to uh, Atlantic City. There's an establishing shot that's not of the Golden Dome, New Jersey capital, but the green copper clad Pennsylvania Pennsylvania capital. Uh, they, the, the turnpike travels close to the Pennsylvania border. I mean, it explains the mines. Yeah, exactly. The Pennsylvania's coal country. Chevy Chase's character states that they're the Jerseyvania Triangle. Is the, the judge refers to the Commonwealth? I wonder if the oh. Dan, uh, Daniel, the author of this letter, is from New Jersey and is trying to distance his state. I wonder if this is one Daniel Aykroyd <laughs> who would have a little bit of inside knowledge about the conception of the film. <laughs> if I'm right, just send some Crystal Skull vodka to my house. Can't be Roger Aykroyd because that guy's been murdered. Oh, <laughs> round up all the suspects. Get the red herrings in here. That's a band. Yeah. They don't all where they actually don't play their own instruments. You uh zooming through the meat. So Dan, you're really reading that letter. Sorry. Scintillating. This is stimulating audio. So this is a long letter if you've been scrolling all this time. Yeah. The last letter's from Jasmine, uh last name last name withheld, who writes, Dear original Peaches, as I've been listening to your extensive archive of episodes, I've noticed something about many of the letters you've received from your male fans. Sure. There appears there appears to be a plethora of men who have wives or female partners who are not fan of you three bozos. Yeah, I'm married to yeah. one. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, my, my wife is not them. a fan of us three bozos. Whether it's because they're schemed out by your pervy inclinations or are simply cold-hearted monsters, the type of nagging wife stereotypes that Kevin James constantly finds mm, himself I, I married to. I would say to. nagging. I would say there can be a disagreement over taste between spouses. Uh, I'm not sure. Obviously, this is not wholly representative of your fan base. As your looks alone receive plenty of attention from the lady folk. Well, well, well. However, oh, slipping in a little compliment. Yeah. Thank I, you, Jasmine. I can't remember a letter that you have read on air where it's a lady writing that her male partner was not immediately taken with your charms. For the sake of gender equality, allow me to remedy this oversight for you. When I first became enamored with your podcast, I wanted to talk about it constantly with anyone who would listen. Specifically, I shared my enthusiasm time and again with my fiance. When I finally got him to listen to an episode with me, I, I just could assume his name is Dirk. Mm-hmm. I believe it was the Robocop episode. Expectations were set exceedingly high. As we listened, I became troubled by the fact that I was laughing repeatedly while his laughter was more sporadic. He then became, began saying multiple times during your witty back and forth uh, relating to words that sound like other words. Okay, guys, we get it. Let's move on. 
That's not podcast work. We can't hear you. We're going to keep doing what we want to do. Growing impatient that you decided to continue with your tangent instead of, say, continuing to describe the plot in a linear fashion. Come on, let's keep going. You're running this joke into the ground, he would say, to my shock and disgust. Mm. I mean, he's got our number. We do that. When Elliot started singing his letter song, he groaned louder than I've ever heard Stuart Dan groan, appearing to be in physical pain, verbally saying, stop, multiple times. After it was over, he said that it was, quote, pretty funny. <laughs> but did, ah, God, turn it off. Ah, ah. It was all right. <laughs> um, however, do not fret. We are still together, and over time, he has learned to appreciate the Flophouse to an acceptable degree. He is delighted and entertained by Elliot's non-singing wit, dance and patience and frustration with constantly being interrupted. And? And the way that Stu does not give a fuck that he's not in the entertainment business. Yeah, And the house cat's <laughs> in-your-face attitude. Oh, man, so much. He's totally rude dude with attitude. Mm-hmm. While he is nude. not fully crossed over to the level of passion for the Flophouse that I share, sometimes showing a look of worry when I share with him yet another dream I've had that involved one of you, usually Dan, if I'm being honest. Or is it more and more members of the Flophouse Facebook group become my real Facebook friends? I think you won them over. There's something about Dan's voice that lulls you to sleep. He's like the Morpheus of our podcast. <laughs> uh, when he meets people in the sewer and offers them a choice of pill. <laughs> which brings me to my semi-related question. Has there ever been a time when your enthusiasm for something has been so great that it actually turns someone off to the thing you were recommending to them? Sure, many times. Time. Jasmine, last thing withheld. Uh, let me introduce you to a little book called The Power Broker by Robert Caro. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite books, my favorite nonfiction book. I think I have ensured a number of people will never read it with my fervor and trying to push it on them. But I read it because of you. I, look, you were one of my few successes, <laughs> and I appreciate that. I read all and I love you for it. 1,200 pages of it's it. It's like barely more than 1,100 pages long. <laughs> oh, what a, what a book. I love it. Dan, what about you? Um, you know, I tend to be on the other side of things. Like, if someone just someone talks something up to me too much, I don't want to. I don't want to watch it. Yeah, that happens to me too. That's why I still don't watch Community. Mm-hmm. And you also Sorry have a tendency I'm... to undersell things. Yeah, I do. I'm gonna undersell my recommendations tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, da- uh, Stuart? Game of Thrones song. I apologize. Game of Thrones, yeah, that's part of it. I get way too worked up for that stuff. Uh, I get really worked up talking about Game of Thrones, so that's probably something. The books. Uh, Yeah, of course the books. Not the fucking garbage TV show. Um, (laughs) The... So... One of my my big hobbies, of course, is like playing role-playing games and stuff like that. And I'm sure that I have had many conversations with people who are not, not gamers... And tried to sell somebody on a like a card game or a board game, and of course that conversation was the last time we ever talked about that thing. Uh, that I was like, "Oh, you got to play Netrunner; it's the best game ever," and would talk about it for I don't know twenty thirty minutes, while their response become uh, uh, less often and shorter. And then, of course, it is never mentioned again. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Excited. Yeah, so uh, Dan, sometimes okay? our enthusiasm I am things. getting like noticeably sicker the longer we podcast. <laughs> the podcast is killing you still. <laughs> no, it's like a reverse podcast of Dorian Gray. I'm like feeling it happen to me as we go on. So we should probably move on to the next 
Oh, boy. Uh, you did it now. Uh-oh. You've done it now, Stuart. <laughs> You've ruined the plot. Start it all over. <laughs> oh, boy. On tonight's episode, we watched it's We no, Are Your Friends. Uh, we watched Stealth if we're starting it all the way. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go back to the first episode. we got to get Simon back here. Oh, man. I don't think Slime would be up for that. Um, <laughs> so we... Uh, next part of this podcast, Dan, is your favorite part, is where we recommend movies <laughs> we watch on planes. <laughs> it's called Japes on a Plane. Uh, yeah, it's I'll, really I'll go it's first because I teased, I teased how little uh, I'm going to recommend these movies. And so you should uh, be the anchor and pull up the rear, or do you want to go first? No, I'm going to go first oh, okay. so we can... Yeah, set, set a tone. Mm-hmm. We start low, and then we move to oh, a crescendo, yeah. like a good... EDM song. Yeah. But then there's a drop. Uh, You're going to be the intro or the drop? I'm going to be the intro. The drop is the exciting part. Uh, the drop is the moment of tension before the exciting part comes in. Yeah, that's where you, you peak and then you back off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's uh, also uh, what they did in Porky's. They peaked and they backed off. <laughs> <laughs> if only they kept backing. <laughs> they wouldn't have gotten in trouble. Yeah. I saw two movies that I'm, you know, are like solid uh, two and a half, three star movies. <laughs> okay, wow. So on the lower end of the scale. <laughs> but I enjoy. I enjoyed both of them. I'm just uh, setting expectations appropriately. It's on a three and a half stars earlier. Uh, one oh, of them. That's pretty high then. One of them was called "And the Blood," and the other one was called "Krampus." And. Uh, <laughs> And the blood is... Even the way you said the title, it's like you're disappointed in it. And the Blood is a movie starring Gina Carano, the MMA fighter who you may remember from Haywire. Oh, yeah, that was a fun movie. Yeah, it was Haywire for Haywire. And this movie is uh, not directed by Steven Soderbergh. It's slightly less uh, critically acclaimed director. The guy who made uh, uh, Blue Crush and uh, Teristas. Uh, oh, and it features uh, Flophouse favorite Cam Gajandit. <laughs> yeah, oh, Cam Gajande is in it, and uh, as well as Louis Guzman, Guzman and uh, Flophouse fave. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's everybody's fave. And Danny Trejo. Danny like Trejo, him. yeah. I haven't seen it, I'm just looking it up. Does he play uh, his popular character, Badass? That's right. I mean, he basically, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the only one he plays, except in that one, uh, that one movie where... Maggie Gyllenhaal is a recovering drug addict. Okay. Uh, there, where Danny Trejo plays a sympathetic character. But the movie is basically one of those frantic uh, knockoffs where uh, a couple goes to another country and one of them disappears and the other one has to uh, figure out where they've gone to and why the whole country seems to be in a weird conspiracy against him or her to yeah. find their loved one. And so it's hilariously xenophobic. It's, uh, you know, a movie where it looks like going, you know, Americans going anywhere are going to go into, get into trouble and uh, be I attacked mean, by foreigners. Don't go to Little China. You're going to find trouble there. Big trouble. And, you might uh, as well just go visit, uh, like, local places. Yeah. Go somewhere in this Like your country. local library? Yeah, like visit your <laughs> local library. Then you can travel anywhere you want, dude. <laughs> yeah. Butterfly in the sky, I can fly twice as high. Okay, you're still sick, dude. <laughs> All right. Um, I admire Dan's ambition. <laughs> uh, but there's <laughs> there's also a point in the movie where it seems like Gina Carano just sort of gives up on being a normal human being, trying to find her husband, and starts just murdering her way through the island. So I like that. 
Uh, <laughs> and Krampus is a movie that was written and directed by the guy who did Trick or Treat, which was a movie that yeah, I enjoyed yeah, quite a lot. Uh, you would call that movie a treat? It, I would. <laughs> it's not as good as that movie, but it is a Christmas time horror comedy uh, trying to be in the vein of, you know, like an Amblin movie from the past. It's got that same sort of tone, except for it's a little more disturbing. Like, for a PG-13 movie, it, it has some pretty frightening character designs. Uh, I would say that the main problem with it is it's not quite as funny as it should be for a horror comedy, and it never quite makes me care enough about the characters to really be scared, but... It's, okay, so fails on the two main counts of a horror comedy. <laughs> but it's got like, the, but the light tone is still a lot of fun, and like I like seeing like Adam Scott uh, in in that kind of movie, just as I like to see him in Piranha. Like this is this 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 is part of his duology with Piranha, where he like <laughs> is in a horror comedy where he takes a shotgun and blasts things. <laughs> so uh, those are my two recommendations. That's probably how they pitched him the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got, uh, I guess, I mean, I'm going to keep my first recommendation super short. Uh, I went and saw Captain America Civil War. It was really great, really satisfying. Uh, I was listening to a show where folks were complaining about, uh, how there's too many superhero movies. And I kind of agree with that. But at the same time, like, the mo- one of the most common complaints is the idea that you have to, like, it's hard to keep track of all these characters. And I don't find the idea of, like, entertainment that requires more out of you as an audience to be the downside. Like, I can understand the idea of it being, like, silly and popcorn. That makes sense. Like, somebody finds, like, the idea of superhero movies to be, like, well, silly they might, fluff. They might be saying they don't want to have to put that much effort in to enjoy a piece of popcorn fluff. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that Captain America Civil War is worth the effort. Uh, but I was also, I was mainly going to recommend a movie called The 13th Warrior, uh, directed by John McTiernan. I finally watched it. Uh, This is going to mark the absolute last time that I agree to watch a movie uh, by a listener recommendation uh, because I got a lot of pressure. Got a lot of got a lot of pressure heaped on me, and I don't got time for that, bro. <laughs> I had a lot of Dark Souls to play the last couple of weeks, and uh, it. So I've never seen this movie, and it's right up my alley. It's a uh, like a. Good uh, one with Antonio Banderas. Exactly okay. playing. I'm, exactly. I'm guessing a more. Uh, uh, you want more of him? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> he leaves you wanting just that. Where. Antonio Banderas plays a a former advisor of a Middle Eastern nation in the Middle Ages, Dark Ages, and he uh, is exiled, basically, and uh, he teams up with Omar Sharif, which was great, uh, and they are sent on, like, an ambassador mission to inter- meet with uh, some, like, Nordic Viking dudes, and he ends up getting wrapped up in an adventure where these uh, 13... Warriors have to go to the north and kill some kind of strange evil and save a king. And it has a lot of fun touches. Uh, it's bloodier than I initially expected it to be, um, which is something that you don't quite see. Like, And it's almost all practical because this came out years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got a bunch of great uh, English and uh, Scandinavian actors 
and uh, there's some fun moments, and it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a pretty decent little action adventure movie. I am going to go to possibly the farthest end of the filmmaking spectrum mm-hmm. uh, from that one. I'm going to recommend a documentary from 1967 <laughs> directed by Shirley Clark called Portrait of Jason, which is a... It's a hockey mask. Yeah, it's, it's about a key, some kind of death elemental. Uh, and it's... The entire movie is one man, this guy who calls himself Jason Holiday, who is a kind of... As you, as you find out through the movie, a kind of jack-of-all-trades slash male hustler who wants to be a cabaret performer. And he is black and gay at a time when it was very difficult to be either of those things and even more difficult to be both of them. And it is him telling stories of his version of his life as he is kind of egged on by the people making the film from off-camera. And the way they shot it was that they literally, from 9 p.m. until 9 a.m. of one night, they got him increasingly drunk throughout the night and had him dig deeper and deeper into his life. And it raises these real questions of, like, how much performing is being go- is, is going on both in his everyday life and in his attempts to create a persona for himself and in the, how the movie is presenting him. There are a couple moments where the movie is reminding you this is edited and this is, has been manipulated. You think you're seeing truth, but how can you know you're seeing truth? And... How, ex- how much is this person complicit with putting themselves on display and how much are they being exploited? It's a very, like, uncomfortable movie to watch, but it's really fascinating and magnetic. And for anyone who has found themselves drawn to, like, Grey Gardens, I would recommend it. Yeah. In that it's a, it's a portrait of people who, of someone who is living on a fringe of society in a way that they are attempting to make a life for themselves and you're not quite sure if they're succeeding or failing by their own terms. And you're not quite sure how in on the joke they are of the film. There's no joke here, but how in on the film they are. Uh, and it was I just found it really fascinating and engrossing, but also like made me ask a lot of questions about what I was getting out of the film and how whether the filmmakers were playing fair. And I thought it was really fascinating. So Portrait of Jason, I recommend. Well, that's, that's a bunch of recommendations. We did it, guys. Oh, oh. So, um, a metric shit ton of recommendations. As usual, uh, thanks for listening to this silly show of ours. I don't know why you do it. If you get a chance, go to uh, iTunes and give us a review. We don't ask for that very often, but I guess it, I think it helps. Yeah, why not? And listen to other Max Fun shows. There's a lot of great ones on the network. Yeah, I, I love being part of the network. I think there's a lot of fun ones, some new ones like the Beef and Dairy Network. Yeah. Yeah, you've, you've been loving that one. Oh, I'm, I'm all over that. Too. And uh, also, we just recently set up a, uh, a YouTube channel uh, under Flophouse Podcast, which has some original animation uh, done by Tony Oker. Uh, Adapting scenes from episodes. Yep. Uh, some of your favorite bits are, are on there. And we also have some playlists where we are slowly tracking down old, uh, old uh, videos that folks have put up, like the music videos for our music video contest and a bunch of other things. I think there's also maybe even some uh, some old footage. There might even be some old footage from some of our live shows from way back in the day. Oh, really? Yeah, I think there's some uh, some stuff that was uploaded, like uh, the clip from uh, uh, "Don't Tell Her It's Me," where she ripped oh, the dummy's penis off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do we find that again? 
Uh, go to YouTube and look up the Flophouse podcast. Um, great. Those are all great things. <laughs> Dan, uh, this is the my battery. First ever episode of Flophouse where we tuck you in at the my end. My battery is draining. I can Daisy. Dan. Daisy. Um, before I pass out mm-hmm. on the microphone, dying as I lived, uh, this has been. Hey, <laughs> does it get any better? Ever get better than this? Do we get better than this? Do we get better than this? No. What does he say? Wait, in the movie? These are your friends. These? No, no. Those were your friends. Here are your friends. Who are your All friends? All the places your friends. <laughs> Horton, here's a friend. Uh, for the Flophouse. <laughs> Joe Easy. Joe Easy. Phoebes. <laughs> and let's not forget Murray. Russ. <laughs> Gus. Jenna Brenda. <laughs> Morgan. Gunther. Chicory. <laughs> Elvis 2. <laughs> Banfield. So Dan's about to die, so that was Dan. <laughs> Stuart, I'm living forever. YOLO. Uh, that's me, Stuart Wellington. And against all laws of God and man, I remain Elliot Kalen. Good night, everyone. No regrets. YOLO. Good enough for Dan, Graves Dan McCoy. <laughs> Don't want to do it again. Declares uh, Dan McCoy of the I'm Bored With This Gazette. <laughs> right. Just let me continue drinking my peak organic pale ale. Graves Dan McCoy. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Hal. And we're the hosts of We Got This. The show that offers definitive answers to dumb debates that you suggest. Every Wednesday, we discuss the hot-button topics you never knew you cared so much about. Like whether you should put ketchup on a hot dog. What's the best Star Wars movie? Whether it's better to be too hot or too cold. Coke or Pepsi? Best Marvel movie. Which is the best religion? I told you we're not doing that one. So join us every week on MaximumFun.org. And don't worry, everyone. We got this. We got this.